0: Welcome back to another episode of Spooky Sisters. My name is Melissa, and as you know, it is just me right now. Alas, poor Emma is not with us for this fun journey into 2021. She will hopefully be joining us very soon, sooner than we might be expecting, but we'll leave that unknown for right now. I really hope that everyone has having a great start to the new year. Hopefully it is going a little bit better than 2020. I definitely had a lot of ups and downs last year, and I'm looking forward to more ups this year, so woot woot. It's been a good start to the year so far. Can't complain too much. It's it's weird though, like I have this sense of like almost anxiety over me because I have a couple like changes coming up, especially with Emma leaving and really starting her life and... I'm I'm an empty nester in a sort or will be. I don't know if I'm going to get into that just yet. She might be joining me again in a upcoming episode. I'm using though my new microphone that I got for Christmas and my new headphones. I when I started recording this I was doing playback through my headphones during like, while I was talking and it's super weird because it's just a giant echo. And I definitely need to be, I need to play around to see if I can have it more of an immediate playback or if it's a thing or if it's something I need to get used to or if my headphones will just kind of be for the muffling purposes that I'm using them for now to really just kind of like hone in my own sound kind of like in my head and for editing purposes. But hopefully my audio quality is still getting better and it is enhancing your listening experience. I'm really looking forward to a super spooky year. I do have some interesting topics lined up. We're gonna go a little far out there. So hold on to your hats and hold on to your horses or whatever it is that you are using during this journey into the unknown of creepy crap. Because... Creepy, spooky, scary. It's a very broad topic that can branch out in a lot of different ways, which I really, really like. And I'm really excited about a topic that I have coming up. I don't know if I'm going to share it just yet, but it's definitely going to be a multi-episode thing. But on today's episode, which you have been waiting ever so patiently for, and I thank you for that, we're going to stay true to the ghosties of the world. And we're going to go all the way up to Massachusetts. Beautiful Massachusetts. It's frightfully cold there right now, I'm sure. And, you know, I'm recording this at the very end of January. It's going to come out. This episode will be airing in February. Hopefully you are listening to it on February 1st. This coming up Monday. Like was forecasted on Wotakoi's Twitch stream recently. Because he was hyping up the episode because I told him I was working on it. And he was like, told his entire stream that, yeah, the episode's coming out on this coming out Monday. And I was like, well, no, I really do need to put out the episode. So hopefully he forecasted the future and I actually have this episode recorded, edited, and posted on Monday. So here's to hoping and here's to me getting my ass in gear and getting you some quality content. So... Without further ado, we are going to go back to my topic at hand, all the way up to Falls River, Massachusetts. Hopefully you know the story. If you don't, I'm going to fill you in. It is a gruesome tale that involves a hatchet, two murders, and an unsolved tale. That's right, we are talking about Lizzie Borden and the haunted Lizzie Borden house up in Massachusetts. This is actually a really well-known case and it's kind of an interesting topic for me to choose because it is both haunting, a haunting and true crime all at the same time. And if you are a listener to the podcast, you know that I do really enjoy listening to true crime. I did do that one episode with Emma where we were we did our own kind of true crime twist for an episode and it was really hard researching This one, I was researching for the haunting behind it, and then I ended up going deeper into, like, the true crime, like, case aspect of it. I was like, oh, hold on. Hold on, what you doing? Oh, we don't do that. We don't do true crime. And I went back into the ghost aspects of it. But having the case is important for why the house is haunted to begin with. So we are going to dive into that a little bit. Or a little, a bit. I'm trying to see how much time I can cover with just me talking to you. With no banter, I really miss the banter with Emma. So I'm going to have to figure out what I'm going to do. And I'm going to keep saying that, so I'm sorry. But I don't have anything, I don't have anyone to play off of. And it's kind of sad, it's kind of lonely. I'm either going to have to have a multi-personality disorder to do this on my own, or I'm going to re-listen to this and hear that, oh, it's not so bad with me just talking to you. Hopefully it's not boring. But we're going to see how much of this episode I have edited edit out with me just fucking rambling. And I'm sorry, my language is out of hand right now. Hope you don't mind. I don't think you do. Hopefully you're in the same freaking boat. It's 2021. We have bigger things to worry about than some of the foul language coming out of our mouth. Um. Uh, oh, by the way, I completely forgot to say... I am drinking water currently. And no, I'm not participating in dry January. I should be, but most of you know I do li- work. Eh, I was for like a time living. But I do work at a liquor store, which I enjoy. But I still do have to do product tasting, you no, know, for product knowledge. And I just wasn't ready to just completely stop drinking. Like, for the whole month. I do stop days off and, like, a week off, so, like... Let me like backpedal there for a second. But um, I'm drinking water right now because I need to hydrate. I do have to get up early because I have work in the morning. And um, I already had a little bit of um, vodka and orange juice earlier while I was playing Jackbox games with Wodakoi slash Randy on his Twitch channel. It was fun, actually. It was a, it was a good time. So I'm um, kind of winding back. Just to try and really stay focused on the topic at hand with you, my lovely listeners. And for, like, the third time, let's head back to Lizzie Borden and the haunted Lizzie Borden house. The story of Lizzie Borden is actually, like I said, a well-known story. For the most part, if you're not from the States, you most likely haven't heard of it. Because it's not that big to where it made, like, national news or anything. It was highly publicized back in the 1800s when it happened. Uh, Almost 1900s. It was pretty late in the year. But it was highly publicized by the media and it got kind of out of hand in that way because there was so much coverage over it. It was a sensation. But most Americans know the story because there is the famous creepy childhood nursery rhyme that goes with it. Lizzie Borden took an axe, gave her mother 40 wax. When she saw just what she'd done, she gave her father 41. I really hate this little nursery rhyme because it's weirdly creepy to me. Like, when I hear other people say it, it gives me the chills. When I said it just now, it wasn't as bad. Most Maybe it's because like um, my voice is kind of muffled right now, which helps, but it's just super, super creepy. But this tale is creepy in my opinion because it does now create a haunted house, but the case was never fully solved. While it's highly, highly believed that Lizzie Borden was the killer in this case, it was never proven and, because, and she was actually acquitted on the case. She, she was tried in court. So you can't legally say that she killed it. You can't imply it technically even though most people do believe it. Kill who, you might be wondering, though, because I am jumping all over the place and don't have a clear direction because I tried to write out my script for this and it was just way too... It was, it was too scripted. So I'm a little out of order. So forgive me. But it is believed that Lizzie Borden killed her father, Andrew Borden, and her stepmother, Abby Borden, in this house and. Ball River, Massachusetts, in 1892 on a god-awful hot August day. So a little bit of history about Lizzie. She was born on July 19th of 1860 to parents Andrew Borden and Sarah Borden. Sorry, I almost forgot her name for a second. She has one older sister named Emma Borden, who is nine years her elder. And they spent their life in Fall River, Massachusetts. Lizzie's mother died when she was about three years old, and her father married a woman by the name of Abby Durfee about three years after her mother's death. Abby and Lizzie did not get along very well. Okay, well, Abby didn't get along well with Emma either. She didn't get along with either of the sisters or the sisters didn't The sisters didn't get along well with her. so tales tell us. Reports say that Lizzie and Emma Gordon never got along well with Abby. They were always concerned that Abby was with their father for his money because he was such a prominent businessman. There's nothing really to back this up except for a bit of information that Andrew had either willed or gifted a substantial amount of money or property to Abby's family while not giving his daughters anything. But this is, you know, the mid to late eighteen hundreds, so it's not like super out of the ordinary. That no, the daughters didn't get a whole lot, unfortunately. But back to the case at hand. On August fourth of eighteen ninety-two, Lizzie Borden walks into her house in Fall River, Massachusetts, to find her father dead on the couch, his face smashed in, blood everywhere. And she calls to their living maid, at the time, by the name of Bridget Sullivan or Maggie Sullivan. And she cries out, Father's dead. Someone has come in and killed him. Which is very weird. She asks Maggie, and I've heard a couple different reports, it says that she asked Maggie to, one, either go across the street and get a doctor or go across the street and get the neighbor. Um, one report says that the neighbor was a doctor. There's also a report that she was very specific not to go to, like, certain neighbors because there's a bit of, like, a prejudice against some of them being Canadian and Irish and basically not English people descent. But it was later discovered, no, that Andrew Borden had had his face hacked in by a hatchet. And they later found Abby's body upstairs in the bedroom. She was face down on the carpet next to the bed. And her face, too, had been smashed in with a hatchet. And contrary to the nursery rhyme, they were not hit 40, 41 times. They were only hit about 20-odd times, like, total. I don't remember the exact number, but nowhere close to that, no, 81 blows that the nursery rhyme does like to suggest. So the thing about this case is that Lizzie was immediately suspected. She was prime suspect in the case. She was brought in for questioning. She never seemed very upset, which always threw people off. It was weird because she didn't have any blood on her. Like, for the injuries that Abby and Andrew had sustained, there should have been blood spatter all over the murderer. There was nothing on Lizzie. There was also nothing on Bridget Sullivan, either. The maid who I mentioned. The thing is... Emma Borden was not home at the time of the murder. She had been visiting friends away. And weirdly enough, actually Lizzie and Emma had been away from the house like a week prior. And Lizzie had only just returned back to the house. They also had an uncle staying with them for a period of time and he was also out of the house. So out of all the people living in the house, the only people like in the home or at the home at the time of the murder were The murdered Andrew Borden, the murdered Abby Borden, the maid, Bridget Sullivan, and Lizzie Borden. Lizzie always claimed that she was outside in the barn during this time frame. It happened late morning, early afternoon. And Maggie claimed that she was upstairs sleeping. A lot of reports say that Maggie, I'm sorry, I'm going to switch back and forth between Maggie Bridget. There's, she's referred to as Maggie quite frequently some say that it was a nickname, not of endearment given to her. Other people say that it was the name of a farmer maid and Lizzie needed to call Bridget by the name of Maggie. I'm not entirely sure. Either one's completely possible, to be honest. But um, one report said that Maggie had been sick all morning, like from eating spoiled food or something. And then another report said, most reports say that she was at cleaning the windows, which comes into play later on. But both maintain that they didn't hear anything didn't see anything nothing happened there were just dead bodies in the house and with lizzie being outside she should have seen something should have heard something should have been aware of her father and stepmother being hacked to death but during the trial again lizzie shows like no emotion her story never really changed but there was it was said that she burned a dress a couple days after the murders happened. She was seen by someone else. It said a different maid It never said that Maggie saw her, but her reasoning for burning the dress was that she got paint stain on it. And everyone thought that was extremely suspicious. They did find a, the head of the hatchet in the basement with blood, but that was the only thing they ever found. So that was like the murder weapon, but they didn't find anything else. This case threw a lot of people because the Bordens and including Lizzie were church going people. So it was completely baffling and just absurd that a Christian woman could possibly be capable of killing anyone, especially her family. And this case was highly publicized, like I said earlier. Super publicized. The media just ran with it. They would. Tell different stories. There was no really checks on the stories. They like to talk about how Lizzie was at one point like super upset and at another point like just completely just like blank slate, like no emotion whatsoever. Lizzie always claimed that a like a jilted business partner or an, an enemy of her father's came in and killed him. But the problem with that reasoning is why would the business partner? also go upstairs and kill abby like neither the body showed signs of a struggle like both were sleeping at the time and you know the late morning on a hot day who knows why they were sleeping but he was sleeping him and abby were both sleeping in different parts of the house um so people didn't know why a business associate would have killed andrew going back to bridge's kind of part in this is if she was cleaning the window, she would have seen someone come in and out of the house. She would have seen something going on. And another weird thing about Bridget is her story changes ever so slightly down the line, but she always defended Lizzie. There's claims that she took money from Lizzie and that she, Lizzie told her she needed to leave the country. Well, she did. Oh, she was an Irish maid. I completely forgot to put that part in there. Bridget was an... She was an Irish maid. She was an Irish woman who was a maid. She did go back to Ireland for a point period of time, and then she moved back to the States and actually moved to Montana. Big change. Bridget was an interesting character because she moved around a lot prior to life. She was only about 25 years old when she was working as a maid for the Borden household. But... When she was very, very ill as an older woman living in Montana, she called her, like, childhood friend or, like, a friend she'd had for a super long time to her bedside and confessed that she knew more about that murder case back in Massachusetts than she ever said. And her friend, who was Irish, didn't know anything about the case, and she looked into it later, and she was like, oh, wow, yeah, no, this is pretty bad. Bridget never fully confessed to say, to knowing or having involvement in the case, but she alluded to enough that always raised suspicion even more that she played a huge part in either helping Lizzie or covering it up or just kind of being an accomplice in a way. Emma plays an interesting part in the questionability of this case because while she wasn't at home at the time of the murders. She was close enough to where she could have come home, murdered her father and stepmother, and still gone back to where she was staying at the time. She was never tried, but she always defended Lizzie's innocence as well. So you have Lizzie saying she's innocent. You have her sister Emma saying she's innocent, and you have their maid, Bridget Maggie Sullivan, saying that she's innocent. She is tried at court. And she is found not guilty or she's acquitted. So she goes on living her life. Her and Emma actually continue living in the house for a majority of the rest of their grown life. I also forgot to mention that Lizzie Borden was 32 when all this occurred. And Emma Borden was quite a bit older. Neither of them married, but they did kind of have like I don't know if it was a falling out, but they kind of split up years down the line. And as you can imagine, Lizzie wasn't received very well in the town after going through this huge murder trial and then not being found guilty when everyone thought she was. So she was kind of a recluse in a way and she died at the age of 62. I believe it was 62. She died from pneumonia And Emma died like two days after her, which I think is kind of sad and creepy all at the same time. So that is a super rough history of the murders. It is still unsolved to this day because we don't have a murderer. People still believe there was Lizzie who did it. Um, I wasn't 100% positive she did it until re-researching the case myself now kind of like looking over everything i'm like yeah i know i totally think that she did it and i think bridget played a big part in it because there was no way someone could have come into the house killed people and gotten out without being seen by either one of them in the house because there was like, a good amount of time like is they say there was an hour between when andrew was killed and when abby was killed Again, this was 1892. I'm not sure how good their forensics were with determining the actual time of death or anything, but, I don't know. You never know. Sorry. But with that sad tragedy in the house, it is no wonder that it's haunted. I mean, who would have guessed that two gruesome murders would create a haunted house? If I did not say so already because I have stopped recording and, like, cut a lot of stuff out prior to even finishing the episode. The Lizzie Borden house is still present today, up and running. It is a beautiful bed and breakfast that has been completely refurbished to recreate what the house would have looked like back during that time frame. So while like the furnishings and everything are not new, they are century pieces and the house looks almost identical to what it looked like at that time. There's pictures of the crime scene up in the areas of the house where the bodies were found. I think that is super creepy. You can't stay the night at the Lizzie Borden house. You can stay the night in the bedroom where Abby Borden was murdered and her dead body lie. You can sit on the couch where Andrew Borden was killed. Or not the exact couch, like I just said, but look alike in the same area. So the interesting things that happen in the house... Because there's definitely paranormal activity. The people who work there claim to see things. People who visit the house claim to see a lot of things or just have experiences. The lights turn on and off on their own all the time. The owners of the house would be in one room and they would just watch the wall switch like flicker on and off. No one's watching it, obviously. They're just watching it happen. When there was no one upstairs in the house, um, the staff would hear people walking or they would hear footsteps upstairs. super eerie. The part that I absolutely hate because I absolutely hate them. They creep me out. I really don't like talking about it, especially by myself at night, but shadow people have been seen. And maybe at some point when I'm really brave, I'll talk to you about shadow people, but I absolutely hate them. I don't want to go in depth with this because uh, they are not good. They're evil. Um, But they've been seen, especially on the staircase, going down the main hall and walking in other parts of the house. Um, they're just kind of seen all over the house, actually. In the house, the owners and the guests visiting the house have felt people brush up against them. There's also, ha- um, not haunted, but there's ghostly meowing from a cat. There's a ghost cat there. But we don't, I don't really know why. Oh, no, no, I do know why. Just kidding. The Borden's cat was, um, he was either strangled or killed with a hatchet like a week prior to the murders. So there was theory that someone was practicing with the cat, which is super, super creepy. But a shadow of a woman or even a full apparition can be seen in the basement of the house. A lot of people think that it's Lizzie herself um, because she actually looks like Lizzie. Voices have been heard around the house and people just feel things touching them inside the house. The cat's super friendly, though. You could feel the cat rub against you. In the bedroom where Abby Borden was found, it's now called the John Morse room. I don't know why. One day when the staff was cleaning the room or going into the room, no one had been in the room, actually. It was was still really clean. Like, no one had been in there. The staff walked in, and there was an indentation of a body like lying lying, on top of the bed. Like, Like someone had laid down and there was like imprint on the uh, on the bed still which i think is super creepy you know voices and cries are heard all the time in the house and an older woman with gray hair has been seen walking about the house as well Now, just kind of going about her day it is believed that it's andrew who is super talkative answers evb questions all the time he loves talking to people oh there was Um, An EVP that was caught on recording where on an episode of Ghost Lab, the investigators asked a question, did Lizzie kill you for your money? And a male voice answered, you got that right. Um, So people obviously believe that's Andrew Borden talking. People have taken pictures and there's like shadowy forms in the pictures after they're developed. It's weird. It's just a super active house. I would be really interested in going to the house. I don't want to stay overnight. I don't want to stay overnight at any haunted house at this point, just because when it comes to me and my sleep, I really like my privacy. And I privacy does not even do the word justice. Like when I'm in a vulnerable state, like I do not want to be messed with whatsoever. If I'm sleeping, if I'm naked, if I'm upset, like, do not mess with me, please. I'm, like, actually, like, sitting with my back against the wall, like, looking out into my living room right now, and I'm home alone, and my apartment, for me being by myself, is kind of big, so, like, there's, like, a, a ever-so-slight of a hallway that I can't see down right now, so it's, like, kind of creeping me out while talking about all this because I have not had to do it alone yet. Uh, so, super creepy, but... I wouldn't stay overnight somewhere because I wouldn't be able to fall asleep. All I would- I would just imagine feeling things, hearing things. Like, I feel things by myself already. Like, an, a bit, no ghost whatsoever. Like, I, I feel like sometimes, like, there's a bug crawling on me and there's no bug there. Because I've looked, trust me. So, ooh, that would not be able to handle staying in a haunted house overnight. But I definitely would go to this house. I w- would be really creeped out by the crime scene photos. I've never seen any in real life. Like, I've seen them on the computer before. And I've seen them on BuzzFeed Unsolved's cover of the Lizzie Borden house as well. Because they do stay overnight. Um, actually, that was a good episode if you want to check it out. They cover things really well. And they have, like, a nice diagram of the house and where people were inside the house. So it's a nice visual that I don't have with my you know, disembodied voice coming at you from your podcast app. Speakers what have you the house setup is really weird because or so i'm so i've read and heard because you can't like there's nowhere to really hide in the house like you almost have to like walk through the different rooms to get to a different to another room there's no hallway there's no sneaking around so i'm interested in seeing the house layout and i think it'd be really interesting to have an evp it's just the murders always give it kind of like that really like dark and eerie way about it. I mean, there's no way to get around it when something bad happened in a place and those energies are caught there. I don't know how it can't be haunted. I don't know why they stay. I've said that numerous times on the podcast. I don't know why spirits stay. And I don't know why Lizzie would be seen there because she didn't die there. I don't know why she would go back to the place where she supposedly killed people. Unless she didn't kill them. You never know. And we will never know. Because there wasn't any hard evidence collected either. That was a problem. Also back during this time, which I forgot to mention, they weren't very good about like, you know, locking down the crime scene. So people were coming and going, and it was just any, any possible evidence that was there was just completely destroyed. So it's not like they can go back and relook at DNA or anything that was missed at this point. Like, nah, this case is never going to be solved. The murders of Andrew Borden and Abby Borden will never be solved we will never know who did it and it'll forever be a mystery and the house will forever be haunted and will forever i don't know about forever but will continue to be a popular tourist destination so if you were ever in fall river massachusetts check it out it's supposed to be a really great tour a really great place to visit and i definitely want to go there at some point i know emma would definitely be down to join me i think sarah would want to go too well, that pretty much wraps up the case of Lizzie Borden and the hauntings of the Lizzie Borden house. It's very different doing this podcast without Emma and recording it just now kind of, like, makes me realize I definitely probably need to get a new platform or kind of rebrand what's going on here. It's hard. It's hard. I miss her. I was having, like, the banter with somebody and laughing. But we're going to... Keep chugging along. We're going to figure this out. So thank you to the listeners who are still bearing with me. Thank you to any new listeners. I've looked at the analytics from the past podcasts that we've put out, and we definitely have uh, a nice little following. I think it's more – I think it's pretty steady right now. It looks like we have, like, 20 listeners, which is exciting. It's, it's, I know it's really small, but everything counts in the beginning. So just a nice little shout out to everyone listening in the United States, India, the United Kingdom, Canada, Germany, France, Ireland, the Philippines, Spain, the Netherlands, Thailand, Mexico, and Australia. Uh, Australia's a new one. I hadn't seen that one yet. It's a very small percentage. Um, Most of them are. But thank you for listening. I appreciate you more than you can possibly know. And I hope you stick around. And again, keep following the Instagram if you are. It's Spooky Sisters Podcast. I do more so will be updating that more frequently, but that is the best place to find updates about the podcast. I still plan on having regular uploads on Mondays. If that changes again, that will be on Instagram. And I'm really excited to be back. I'm gonna try and get back in the swing of things. It's a new year. I'm gonna keep this thing rolling on, and try and still pump out quality content. You know we like our quality content here. We're trying to make it. I do want to get a Patreon set up at some point. I don't feel like I'm worth a Patreon at this point, but if you feel like I am, let me know. Uh, it's it's really sad not saying us. Let us know if you miss Emma. Let let me know. I'll pass it on to her, and I really hope to get her on an episode here soon. But again, thank you so much for sticking around or tuning in. And until next time, stay spooky.